Don't look back to the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a great day today. Before we get into today's action, I've got to rewind the clock just a little bit to talk about what happened yesterday. Tyler covered this in detail in this podcast, but folks, if you're not, if you if you don't pay really close attention to the markets like we're forced to do every day, and by the way, this does get very boring day after day, especially when we get in this, this kind of time frame, because Decembers are typically pretty dull. But what happened yesterday was significant. As we've been telling you here, we believe that we've entered a new bull market. Now, that's significant because new bull markets come out of the gate rip-roaring, right? Been to rodeos, right? You've seen the bulls come out with the riders on them. That's what a new bull market is like. And you got to be long and strong. You have to ignore the perma bears, the pessimists, right? Those that are telling you that, hey, how can the markets go up? We're going into recession. Joe Biden's president, right? The world is going into a terrible recession. We're going to a world war, right? All of this wall of worry, right, is out there. This is classic, folks. It's a big wall of worry right in front of us. Bull markets love to climb a wall of worry. This is when you kind of have to just really, uh, honestly, close your eyes and you got to buy. You got to be long this market. As you know, that's what we had been since October 13th. We had the capitulation, which was, a again, textbook capitulation on October 13th. We've seen the market scream higher since then. And I'll make one last point. When everybody is bullish, and this is really one of the things my, my mentor, Ted Parsons, taught me, I kind of drilled into me. He was such a contrarian, and that's how he beat the markets year after year. It's how he made his clients so much money. Ted Parsons bought a brand new sailboat after the 1987 stock market crash because he'd been in cash going into that because everybody was long the market. He couldn't find anybody that was bearish. Sound familiar? Right? Cryptocurrencies last year. Everybody was long and strong. He couldn't find anybody bearish, so he was in cash. Cash is king. He'd walk around the office like a proud peacock telling everybody, cash is king. Then on 87, Black Monday, the markets crashed. Ted, with an hour left to go in the market in trading, Ted started putting buy orders in left and right in the tube system. We didn't have computers in. Well, we had computers, but only for stock quotes. The order system was a very antiquated, like your drive-in, uh, like your drive-in bank teller, right? Uh, a tube system. And Ted was just throwing buy orders in left and right when everybody else was selling. About a month later, Ted paid cash for one of the nicest sailboats that I've ever seen an individual have. And uh, that was Ted Parsons. He was an ultimate contrarian. And so I think if Ted were alive today, he would be buying hand over fist. Again, last year, Bitcoin, you could not find a bear. That was the time to sell. Now, isn't it pretty hard to find a bull? I mean, besides us, there's a couple more, right? But folks, when it's not easy to be bullish, that's when you have to be bullish. There's always risk. Look, that's why you have diversification. That's why you invest in multiple asset classes. That's why you find somebody that you uh, that you trust, uh, unless you do it by yourself, right? And if you do, hey, that's the best way to do it uh, because your instincts are the best for your money. But if you, if, you, if you like to work with somebody else, hopefully that's us because these are the things that we use in the VRA investing system, 70% fundamental, 30% technical, these are the signs that we, we, we know to look for to give us the highest probability of success possible. Yesterday, again, was key. We've seen all of this buildup, right? Again, the October 13th capitulation was textbook, textbook capitulation day. Then yesterday, 
Okay, on, on the news of what was a pretty benign statement from Jay Powell, trust me, the markets didn't move up on anything that Jay Powell said because he still tried to sound like a hawk, right? We're going to have to keep hiking rates and we're going to have to go well above neutral and be more restrictive. This is really no different than what he has said before, but the markets know better. The markets always know better because they're a discounting mechanism and they discount out from anywhere from three to six months to nine months or longer. I just take everybody back to 9-11. Uh, and again, this may sound a little conspiratorial, but guess what? The only people that have been right in the last 20 years have been the conspiracy theorists. My hand is up in the air, by the way, as a proud conspiracy fact person here. Ten months before 9-11 took place, the market started going lower. And then six months before it took place, it really started cracking. Before 9-11, the market was down 10%. And that Friday before, by the way, guess what crashed? The airline stock. So obviously, okay, there is no way that certain people didn't know what was about to happen on 9-11. My point being, the markets are a discounting mechanism, which is why we follow the technicals, right? Today, again, another great day yesterday, another indicator that we are in a new bull market. Yesterday, and this has been a repeating pattern, the semis have been leading now from those October 13th lows. The semis have screamed higher, folks. In case you haven't been tracking it, we're long this group, by the way, so we're, uh, we're spiking the football maybe a little bit here. But from those October 13th lows, the semiconductors are up 38%. That's SMH, the semi-ETF, up 38%. We own SOXL, the three-time leverage ETF, which is up 117%. Over that same time frame from, again, the, the, the capitulation lows of October. Yesterday, it repeated. The semis up 5%. NASDAQ up 4%. Right? Uh, uh, SP of 100 up 3%. That is textbook. Semis always lead in bull markets and bear markets. There is no more important tell. It's always the semiconductors. If you learn anything from me and from this podcast, make it this. If you track the semiconductors, you will be on the right side of the market Take that to the bank. It's a Bible statement. We're seeing it again now. So that's what we've been tracking here. And, uh, you know, in addition to what we saw yesterday, the internals were fantastic. 88% up volume day, 7 to 1 advanced decline. We're getting, again, these bullish thrust buy signals that are happening throughout the market. And um, because no one's buying what Jay Powell is selling. No one, no one, not in the market. The bears are you know, scared shitless, right? And the perfect bears are trying to tell you what a big mistake you're making by being long this market. Uh, maybe they'll be right. Maybe you know, a broken clock is right uh, twice a decade, right? <laughs> or twice a day in this case. But the markets know what's coming next. Folks, it's rate cuts. We are entering, about to enter, the next rate cut cycle. Let me walk you through some of the reasons that we believe that's true. Some of the reasons I think I know that's true. So as a reminder, this has been a theme we've been telling you since October the 13th. We've had three bear markets in four years. That's unprecedented. This bear market almost certainly is over. At least all of the signs are there that it's over. And uh, inflation has peaked. The dollar has peaked. More than that in a moment. Rates have peaked. The Fed is now pivoting. Corporate earnings have been very resilient, while P.E. multiples have shrunk, right? P.E. P. multiple S&P 500 was 24, what, uh, 14, 16 months ago? It's 16 now. Right now, you've got value showing up in the markets. A lot of tech stocks have been hammered beyond recognition. Talk about value again, semis lead the way. That's tech, right? We think there's a lot of value in tech land now, just when everybody else hates it. And then seasonality it's a great time of the year. 
we've, we've, we've repeated this ad nauseum. I'll say it one more time. The single best piece of analytics in my career that I've seen, my 37-year career, has been what's in front of us right now. In the year that follows the midterms, the markets are higher, not sometimes, but all the time. The average gain in the midterms from the midterm lows to one year later has been 32% since 1952 in the SP500. And the markets have been higher 18 at 18 times, 100% of the time. You find some more, if you find, can find a more powerful piece of analytics, please send it to me. It's the strongest of my career. So we're looking for a 25% move higher. Uh, again, that's what we've been looking for from the midterm lows uh, to one year later. We think that may be on the low side. But as we read up today, and I'm going to spend a couple minutes on this because it's so very important. Yes, the semis are the tell. There is no more important tell than the semis. But I got to put a, a, a fairly close second there. It's what's been happening with the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar today, and this is, this is a, a kind of a momentous day today, because today the U.S. dollar broke below its 200-day moving average for the first time in 368 days over the year. Wow, right? Stunning. The dollar had just been going parabolic. We all know this. That had been a risk-off environment. Stocks were getting hammered. Commodities getting hammered, okay? And if you've noticed, that's changed now. We wrote this up on September the 13th that the U.S. dollar put in a bearish engulfing candle pattern. It's a high probability technical reversal signal that told us that the highs were in for the dollar and that the dollar would begin to move sharply lower and that this would be very bullish for stocks and commodities, gold, silver, oil, copper, etc. Oil's a little bit of its own creature, uh, but certainly gold, silver uh, are our favorites there, right, in, in, in the space of commodities and base metals as well. And look at what's happened since then. We, we nailed it that day. The dollar's only gone lower since then. Again, today, breaking the 200-day for the first time in over a year. What's happened is, as a result of that, Dow Jones, again, from the capitulation lows, up 21% higher when, since the dollar peaked and we had capitulation on October 13th. The Dow's at 21%. That's pretty good, right? Semi's up 38%. That's real good. Again, semi's lead. We're also seeing the end result in gold and silver. Gold, again, from the dollar peak, uh, that, uh, that outside reversal day we just talked about, gold is now, is now ramped from $1,622 to uh, over $1,800. We'll cover commodities in a minute. But gold has had a very nice move higher. Silver, even more impressive. Silver, from the same date, has rallied from, again, dollar, dollar, uh, dollar reversal. Silver has rallied from $17.40 an ounce to... Um, but 22 and change today. We'll cover again specific prices today. 2242 uh, at the open this morning. That's 28% higher from those September uh, capitulation uh, reversal pattern for the US dollar, September 28th. So that's a sharp move higher, 28% for silver. Both gold and silver are now back above the 200 moving av- 200 moving average. The trend lines are, are, are reversing higher. We actually just had a golden cross in gold. Now, it was the 50-day cross in the 100-day, not the 200-day. We had the same thing take place in silver. Again, 50 crossing 100-day. And based on just a rough read, gold could have a golden cross, meaning the 50-day cross in the 200-day moving average. Gold could put in a golden cross within about a month, a month to 40 days, depending on the velocity of the move. Silver, about the same thing, maybe even sooner for silver. Silver's been on a real tear. So we love this group. We think this is the theme, folks, and the reason I'm spending time on this today, and Tyler covered it well yesterday as well, 
The theme for 2023 is going to be lower dollar, higher commodities. And risk on, meaning higher stock prices again. This is a very positive uh, uh, outlook environment uh, to be an investor in the markets. Very, very positive. Come and join us if you're insider.com. We'll show you exactly what we own, right? We never buy more than about 15 stocks, including our ETFs and our uh, VRA 10 baggers, our favorite growth stocks. We keep it uh, tight and right. Uh, we want to have diversification. But if you're over-diversified, let's say you've got 30, 40, 50, 60 positions. First of all, how do you track these? <laughs> I, I can't. I have enough trouble tracking 15 stocks that we own. How does anybody track that many stocks? I don't know how you do it. I've never been able to. We like diversification, but controlled diversification. So 10 to 15 holdings, you know, including cash, gold, silver. Maybe those are a separate asset class. Of course, your home and real estate. We're not really including that here. We're talking more liquid type assets. Uh, but uh, that gives us good diversification. And it also means when we have a stock that goes up 50, 100, 200% or more, We've had a lot of 10-baggers here at the VRA as well. When we have those, they really make a a difference in the portfolio, right? Whereas if you own 50 to 70 stocks, and let's say you get one that doubles or triples, your portfolio really doesn't doesn't, doesn't really jump very much, right? Because, again, you've got too much diversification. Uh, Again, join us if you're insider.com, and we'll show you you how we do things here. Um, So that's really, that's it. You know, these are the, these, this, this is the view we have. Uh, using the VR investing system, what we see happening. Again, the Fed, we believe the Fed is going to pivot. We think that's already started. We believe the highs are in for inflation, for rates, but 10-year, by the way. Wow. 10-year now is back down to a 3.5%, 3.52% yield, down big again today on the heels. If you saw this news today, some very, very weak economic news. Okay, this is what Jay Powell wanted, you know? Uh, and I know the bears love to pounce on this and go, but, 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 but. Did you kept? Did you not see manufacturing activity today? It slipped into contraction in November. It's below fifty, reading below fifty, which means recessionary, for the first time since May of twenty twenty. Yeah, guess what? I did see that. Let me remind you that Jay Powell has and his merry band of money printers have told us day after day after day after day that this is by design. This is what they wanted. So that means the market has heard it. The market has built it in again, discounting mechanism. If you're following the news of the day, and if you're investing on the news that takes place today, you will never beat the markets. It's a physical impossibility to beat the markets based on what's happening in the news today. That Again, that's why technical analysis is so important and having a feel for the markets because manufacturing activity is slowing, treasury yields uh, uh, getting smoked here, right? Inflation falling. We're going to get, again, tomorrow we get the jobs report. All of these things are a positive, meaning that, again, the, the Fed is going to revert back to old their, their, their old personality, which is really the only one they have, which is rate cuts and printing money. Because this is all they've known how to do since their inception in 1913. If you can prove me wrong, please, I'd love for you to. Guess what? You can't. As Tyler said yesterday, and I know this stuns a lot of people when you hear it, U.S. dollars down, lost 97% of its value since the Fed was created in 1913. That's why the Fed must be ended. That's why Ron Paul and his son Rand Paul had been right from day one. End the Fed. They destroy our, our, our currency. 
but through, uh, again, currency inflation. That's what inflation is, is money printing, okay? And they do it, and that's that's why both, both spouses in a family have to work uh, just to bring home the same amount of money that one income did three decades ago. It's Fed money printing. It's evil. And it uh, again, we need more people calling it out. But in the interim, this is our system. This is what we have. Rate cuts are coming. Money printing is coming. And that will drive risk assets higher. There you go. Uh, my soapbox for the day. Uh, again, today was interesting because the Dow was down 194. That's about a half percent. Came well back off the lows. We're down at 1.400 points on the day. SP 500, though, was flat, right? Russ 2000 down a quarter of a point. NASDAQ was positive up 14 points. Uh, VIX down below 20 now, back to 19.84. And again, the 10 year down to 3.52. Folks, by 2025, we'll have negative rates in the U.S. 2025 or so. That's still our prediction. If that sounds crazy to you, uh, you should really read our book, The Big Bribe. The title I wrote is out, and uh, you can get it on Amazon or big, the bigbribebook.com and check it out. All of our forecasts, the five megatrends that we are following here that we believe will take the Dow Jones to 100,000 by 2030. Yeah, we're, we're hyper bullish, folks, and we have been for some time. This, everything we've just witnessed has been a buying opportunity, and it still is. This is a buying opportunity. We'll let you know when that changes. We will we'll reach a point where we're oversold on our investing system. We'll tell you when that is. Uh, we're, not, we're not oversold now, but we're also not extreme overbought. And we're in a very seasonally bullish time frame. Uh, so again, we do remain buyers. Although, let's face it, stocks are not as cheap as they were back in October when we started pounding the table to be a buyer. However, gold, physical gold and silver, wow. Buy them till the cow co- cows come home. Find your favorite mining stocks. Buy those until the cow comes. This is the group that you want to own for next year. Mining stocks, commodities. As the dollar falls and as the Fed gets ready to go into another interest rate cutting cycle. This is very similar to past uh, eras we've had with this exact scenario played out. And we're speaking from experience. This is the group to own. By the way, tech stocks will do very well uh, in addition. Um, all right. In the internals today, again, this is very positive news. Even as the Dow was down 100, almost 200 points today, check out these internals because, again, they were so good yesterday. And guess what? They're good again today. NASDAQ internals, positive uh, across the board. That's advanced decline, up down volume, and, and even 52-week highs to lows. How about that, right? Uh, this is the first time I can remember. Honestly, we used to track this you know, every, every step of the way. I, I don't remember NASDAQ internals being positive across the board very often. I would say a handful of times in the last three months or so. That took place today. Uh, good positives across the board there. Not two to one, but still solid. Uh, NYSE, uh, positive. Uh, advanced decline by about 400, 500 issues. Positive. New 52 highs to lows, 104 to 25. Slightly negative volume, but again, that was down 200 points. NASDAQ uh, up-down volume, excuse me, NYSE up-down up volume was only negative uh, by about $20 million of trading. There's just not much there. This is a good day today, folks. This is a very good day today. You want to see the internals hold up when the markets are lower. That's a tell. Again, the semis are the ultimate tell, but this is also a very good tell. In our uh, sector watch today, not as good today. We had, uh, of our 11 SP 500 sectors, we had, what is this, four, seven sectors finished lower 
Three finished higher, one finished unchanged. Led the downside by financials down 7.1%, consumer staples down a half percent. Really not much here. Pretty quiet day. Um, and our commodity watch today, again, boom, here we go. Gold today up $57 an ounce, $18.17 an ounce. Again, the 200 day is right at the $1,800 level. Good to see gold breaking out above $1,800. Again, up three and a quarter percent today. How about silver? Wow. When this group, when this this group, uh, precious metals move, silver it, it, again almost always leads, but the mining stocks really lead. Okay, but silver today up five and a half percent. Remember, it's not just a precious metal; it's an industrial metal. That's a very good sign for the global economy. As you know, if you've been listening, just reading our work, we have turned bullish on Chinese markets and the Chinese economy. We think the worst is over there. And that we're likely going to see a very good trade. Folks, we haven't been in this. We haven't been in China for a couple of years, right? We've said to avoid, avoid, avoid. We've been right in saying that. That's changed. We get all the reasons in. But again, join us if you're insider.com. We'll write it up and tell you why. We just put a new buy recommendation out on, a, on our favorite Chinese uh, tech holding, an ETF, uh, yesterday. And so we're looking for a good move higher here. And that's very good news for the global economy. If China is coming back, it's a reopening their economy from the, from the absurdity and the insanity of their coronavirus lockdowns, okay? They have, no one's died in China in three months from Rona, and they've got the country locked down. So that, this, had to open, this had to change, right? If they are, in fact, reopening the, the country now, because it's always about control. It was never about a flu. It was always about control, controlling their people with the boot on their throat. Not much different from what they want to do in the U.S. here, meaning Uniparty and the state and the uh, Dem. Really, they're all the same. They're Uniparty. Uh, but anyway, if China's going to reopen uh, their economy, the market's going to scream higher. We think that's happening here. It's very good news for the global economy. And uh, yes, uh, Chinese stocks do represent a good buying opportunity. Also, very, very good news for commodities and for demand from a de- demand point of view. A lot of pent-up demand there, folks. The Chinese save 40% a month of their income. And they've been able to do nothing for close to two years. What do you think is going to happen? When it happened in the U.S., the markets doubled in about a year and GDP soared. Remember that? That's about to happen in China. That's a big call for us here and has been this week. And again, it's also ultra bullish for commodities, precious metals, uh, and, 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 and base as well. Um, physical gold and silver must be owned here. What else uh, today? I guess it's uh, we're down to Bitcoin, right? Oh, crude oil. Uh, crude oil today was uh, up 87 cents a barrel at 81.42. Again, if China's reopening, they're the largest importer of oil. Hyper bullish for crude oil as well. We like this group a lot, as you can tell. Finally, on the day, uh, Bitcoin down 169 at 16,934. We remain on the sidelines here looking for an opportunity. We think this is going to be an extended bear market, as in one that could last years. We don't, unfortunately, not in a hurry to, to buy here. But if Bitcoin gets cracked, right? If Bitcoin were to get cracked below ten thousand, I, I, I get very interested there. But until then, it's just it's just, the, the the technical action is too ugly, and the fundamental news it matches it. Just just hideous out there, right? Uh, but as a contrarian, I love the fact everybody's getting bearish now. It's just the inverse of what we saw a year ago. So that's a real positive. Everyone is teaming up and hating on cryptocurrencies. I love that. As a contrarian, that does get me interested. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.